Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. I'm excited to bring you this interview with a new friend of mine, Victoria Moore. She and her mom, Stephanie, were very kind to join me in telling me their remarkable story of how God saved Victoria's life as a young child. You're you're not going to want to miss these details. Her story has so many similarities to my dad's story that when I met her earlier this year in January, uh, I just hoped that she would come on the podcast, and she agreed. So you're in for a treat today. Have a listen. Well, I am honored today to have Victoria, a new friend of mine since January, and her mom, Stephanie, visiting, I think from California. Yeah. And uh, this podcast, as y'all know, um, you know, I've been trying to interview uh, friends of mine. Typically, they've been older friends of mine that I've known for 20 something years or stuff. But, you know, Victoria and I met back in January and uh, she was think, grateful enough. I'm grateful to her. She's been grace filled enough to come on to this podcast. So thank you all for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So Victoria, when we met, um, something stood out to me. So you you guys picked me up in my driveway. We were going up to the mountains for a, a church retreat. And uh, we were with Michaela and Caleb, who just got married this Saturday. I just did their Yay. wedding. Um, and I remember them saying, well, we have Victoria with us. And I'm like, oh, I don't know Victoria. But you introduced yourself right away. You made me feel comfortable in the car. And then you <laughs> then you started kind of hinting at your story and I just thought, oh my goodness, we need to see if she'll be willing to be on the podcast. And then I thought, that was January. So then I thought, okay, I haven't heard from you in a while. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Then you texted me and said, hey, do you want to do the podcast? And I'm like, yes, that'd be great. And so for me, I remember thinking your kindness was evident right away. Your generosity, your creativity was evident right away. We kind of kind of struck a few chords with, man, we like art and you know, different, different storytelling and all that. But I started this podcast with the intention of helping people be encouraged to go forward in the name of Jesus. And Hebrews 11:38 says that the world was not worthy of them. When it's speaking of all these uh, unnamed believers in Jesus all over the centuries. And so when I think of any Christian, I just think, yeah, the world is not worthy of you. So Victoria, how does that, what do you think of that? Oh, it's it's beautiful. Um, I wasn't, I had no idea when Michaela asked me on this trip, she's like, we're going to the snow. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go to the snow. And it's this retreat. And I didn't even think anything of it. I, I don't know why I didn't ask, but I just thought, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And I need to make new friends and I need to make new friends because I'm here um, in Colorado and new to the area and don't have like a community necessarily of my own. So I decided to go and um, thankfully, like the Lord blessed me, of course, there too. So um, all of it sounds, is wonderful. And I'm grateful that I went. Yeah, we are too. It's been fun getting to know you. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, like I mentioned, we don't know each other that well, no. really. Okay. <laughs> and so, for all the listeners, I've had a few of my friends ask, "Do we know her?" Because I've told <laughs> that I was gonna, I was gonna have you no, get on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> and, and I've said, "No, you don't know her." In fact, I don't really know her either, and I definitely don't know Stephanie because I just met her now. And so Stephanie and, and Victoria, if y'all could tell us a little bit about yourself, like what are y'all, what are y'all up to? What do you do? You know, tell us about your life. Uh, we were originally from, uh, Victoria's originally from California. I live in California now. Um, we farm, farm almonds. Um, we live in the Central Valley between Fresno and Bakersfield. If that gives you a sort of a, an idea of where we are, we're in the farm town. San Joaquin Valley, um, where all the fruits, vegetables, nuts, everything are coming. Mm. So we're from there. Victoria came out here, um, lived here for a couple of years, and 
I drove her back because she had come out to celebrate for her sister's birthday in February. Then the virus hit, then the shutdown happened. She was in California and there was no point in coming this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had closed, you know, had eaten everything before she came. She was planning on leaving 10 days, and, you know, <laughs> everything closed down. Do stay here. So I drove mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and here mm-hmm. we are. Um, mm-hmm. By profession, I'm a registered nurse now. Mm-hmm. Um, not working right mm-hmm. now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm 55. It's ready. I'm ready to kind of slow down. A little bit. <laughs> Great. And, uh, so, well, yeah. she was inspired by my story and the nurses who took care of me to become a registered nurse. Oh, oh wow! And, um, before that, uh, uh, you know, just a housewife and mother, and perfectly fine doing that. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought mm, I can do this. I, I need to do this. So mm-hmm. that's why I went back to school after. And she's awesome for later, doing it too. So. That's um, incredible. I don't think I remember that part of the story. Mm. Yeah. So it was- there's so many facets I was just thinking too before because I got nervous, you know, <laughs> thinking, I don't know. And that's also, I know the devil trying to tell me not to share my story, like mm-hmm. pushing it. And not that I allow, but I knew that that was something that scares me, like being afraid, afraid and frightened mm-hmm. of coming and sharing more so. And other people, I'm like my mom's side of the story. Yeah, it's so mm. sharing so often, but it's very natural. But to do it in a in this forum, in this kind of a yeah, it setting. Was, it's nothing that I've done before, and mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. So mm. the middle, she has an older brother and then a younger sister, brother's three years older. Mm. And uh, I'll be 29 in a few days, Thursday. On Thursday. No way. Or- hey, happy early birthday. Thank you. And my sister is nine years younger than I am. So there's kind of a gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, I was right in the middle and um, grew up in the middle of nowhere on on the ranch, a mm-hmm. farm kid, and swimming in ditches and playing in dirt and, you know, being outside, that's what we did, and bicycle riding, and um, we had a few friends who were neighbors um, that were mm-hmm. ranched away. They weren't they weren't our neighbors. They weren't neighbors like Colorado, right next door. They were right, right. down the road with their own ranch. So um, that's how I grew up and loved it. Loved every minute of growing up that way. Um, so my dad still farms down at that ranch, but we don't live, my parents don't live in that area anymore. They moved to town, to town, which is not much more of a town than... I don't know. It's but it's different. But it's still so anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I told you we were planning a trip to California in March. Um, my my first time since I was five years old. So I don't remember ever going to California, and uh, we were gonna we were gonna go out there, and then the virus hit, and and everything was shutting down. It was not shut down at that time, but we decided to not make the trip. And then I think I think what happened is. The week we would have been there, everything was shutting down as the days progressed. So we would have wound up just just driving along and eating, eating on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. So it it was I was glad we didn't go, but but I'm st- really sad. I'm still like looking forward to going. And the way you've described where you grew up, you know, I just in my mind I can picture these just beautiful fields and orchards and. Oh man, it's it's gorgeous in my mind. So I hope to see it someday in that area at least. So March yeah. too for there. Yes. You don't want to go in August. Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember you saying that it's very hot and yeah, yeah. stuffy and all that. So okay, so that's helpful. A great little introduction to where you grew up and middle child. We have a middle child and she always tells us like I'm the middle child. You know, she has those kind of <laughs> feelings. So both uh she was the baby, baby. for so long mm-hmm. so she she has yeah. both those traits yeah very much the family and then the middle child uh, and uh-huh. we're 
she grew up as a child, was down on the ranch. The youngest was not born there. She doesn't know anything of that. So wow. they have different experiences. Mm-hmm. Our child oh. is really different. So. I didn't, yeah, that makes sense then. Oh, wow. The same traits of an only child and the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. There's such yeah. a gap. Mm-hmm. Now, how long will you stay in Colorado, Stephanie? Or are you intending to kind of wait it out or are you going to head back? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I enjoy being here. I wish everything were open. I'd love to go to the, you know, all the little mm. stores and shops around here. And we've been, mm. we've done some walking uh, and hiking just here near her house. Mm-hmm. Um, love being here. I'll probably be here through her birthday um, and then head out after that. I've been here, uh, it'll be three weeks, end of this week. And, okay. uh, you know, I need to get back. I really mm-hmm. like to be here, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I want to be here, too. Everything, everyone wants to be here. It's like... It's starting the growing season, and I've been gone. and Busy. Doing some stuff, farm. helping her get stuff situated here so that she can be really present, um, mm-hmm. enjoying being here. Um, I still have a foot in California. Like, I was, like, kind of just sleeping. <laughs> there because the community I didn't it's have a real community well and I have my people my people whatever community I'm starting to get a community here so mm-hmm. it's taken a while but it's fine I'm finally starting to feel like this is home mm-hmm. and not and not California it's taken a while but well and the pandemic doesn't help right no. because then you can't you can't really visit as much and yeah that's yeah. a hard that's a hard transition we have a son going off to college, hope, Lord willing, in the fall. And um, and that's one of those things we're, we're wondering about. It's like, you know, it, it's one thing to, to move somewhere and get established. It's a whole other thing to try to do that virtually. And um, and it's just, I, I feel for you, that's that's yeah. difficult. We've been here two years and we still, uh, other outside of our church, we have a few friends for sure, but it's, it's you know, we're still building our, our home here, if you will. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into, um, you know, some of those, some of the backstory, even more so of the backstory. I, when we met um, again, I just, you know, I haven't actually heard your whole story. I, I know you told a little bit in the car, and and that's what intrigued me. And I just thought, wow. And I, I think I told you about my dad having some. I don't know if I told you that or not, but my dad having some phenomenal. Um, uh, stories of the, the spiritual and the physical and just Jesus rescuing his life. And that's how I grew up. I, you know, I grew up with that story part of, as a part of my life. And so when I heard your story and just the remarkable story that it is, um, I just thought, oh, man, Victoria, again, back to, you know, all of this, but I'd love to hear more of that. And um, so I'm really grateful, even Stephanie, as mom, I mean, you obviously, gosh, I got a video from Victoria a couple of days ago for all you listeners, and you won't get to see this most likely, but Victoria sent me this little video of her as a, as a kid sometime after the accident, and my heart was breaking in those 10 seconds that you showed me. I mean, it is, it is as a listener today, you're in for a treat to hear a remarkable story of a remarkable young woman and family and how God really rescues people. So take it away. Tell us tell us your story. Oh, you uh, yeah, I'm touching on the video that I sent you. I, I wanted to give you, because you see how encouraging I am now, I wanted to show you who I was after my accident. I was completely broken and had no identity in Christ or how to use what God was putting me through at 10 years old. I mean, I had no idea how I was supposed to use that for good. I was so frustrated and broken and sad. So I wanted to show you like who I was and how far I've come because I'm not that person anymore. Thankfully, like the Lord used me in ways and showed me ways to like make my story positive because I was broken for a long time. And you were a Um, kid. You were a kid. Tender, small, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, we'll we'll go we'll go back, but mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so it was it was a Sunday morning, um, where we uh, 
live in the town that we live in, um, I, our home at that time was on a half an acre and my parents lived next door uh, on an acre. Uh, and Victoria had went to spend the night down in the town where we have our farm. It, it's farm country. And some, she went down to stay with some family friends. Um, their oldest daughter, it was her birthday. So she was very excited to go down to uh, help decorate. And she went with her best friend, Matthew. Um, mm. My best friend, Pam, and her husband, Rusty. So Victoria had gone on down there and... Um, you know, it was a regular night at home the, that night when she was away. My youngest daughter was 11 months old at the time. And I had fixed Victoria's hair with a commercial curling iron. Curled it because she wanted to look good for the party. And, mm -hmm. and in the, my rush, I had <clears throat> turned, unplugged the curling iron. Commercial curling iron gets much hotter uh, than a regular curling iron that you get at, you know, CVS, Walmart, whatever. Well, my youngest had, walked, you know, crawled in there, walked in there, and grabbed that the barrel of the iron and had burned her palm. Oh. It was that was the worst injury that any of my children had ever had. I had spent the night holding ice on her because nothing you can do, you know. And she was crying, and I just held ice on her and rocked her and all that. And you know, so at that point, she's eleven months old. She's yeah. not. She's and, just not even. Uh, she, her birthday was February. 25th so this is January 21st 2001 and um so the next morning get up you know I walk over to my mom and dad's to do something I don't know and while I was over there the phone rang and I answered it um and it was my husband and he had he was yelling like uh, Victoria got hit by a truck now my husband would always call me and do these prank jokes and like act like he was you know, somebody else and have an accent and all that. And so, you know, he says this and I said, you know, you're joking, you know. And he said, I wouldn't joke about something like this. And he hung up on me. And then I knew, you know, this is not a joke kind of a thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I turned to my mom and I said, Victoria's been hit by a truck. And I, and I got to go home. And um, I started to go out the the kitchen, the back door. And I had stopped and I said, we need to pray right now. And I had grabbed her hands and I just said a prayer to you know, ask God to send you know, comfort and aid, send your angels to surround her and lift mm -hmm. her up. Mm -hmm. And so then I went home, uh, you know, ran on home, threw on, I don't remember. I, I'm sure I wasn't dressed. I don't remember now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I did back years, but um, and I had, uh, called a friend of mine to, this is, you know, activity that, you know, we're going to go he, Randy, by the time I've got home, my husband has called his dad who lived down where this accident was. His, his family lived on the, I mean, his parents lived on the property that we all farmed mm -hmm. and, and his dad to go over to the shops and, you know, Victoria's been hit. We don't know anything. Go over there. He's a mile away. Um, and so I had placed a call to my friend who was on the hospital board at the mm -hmm. time. And I, you know, I don't know anything. I need somebody to help. Cause I'm at that time, I'm not, I'm not a registered nurse at that time. So I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. all the jargon. need help. I'm mm -hmm. looking for help. Mm -hmm. And so we, we went, they had to bring Victoria to our town which was a 20 minute ride on the highway from where she was. So my father-in-law gets over there. We can hear her crying um, <laughs> on the phone and she's angry, you know, and Victoria was never an angry child ever. She was always a very good, positive. She was extremely talented. She was, uh, really, she was a dancer, a talented dancer that was picked out of, you know, when she was three to be mm -hmm. in a little video and, you know, in the nutcracker is Clara, mm -hmm. you know, when she's a little child, very uh, smart in school, a leader, mm -hmm. all things. So we hear her being uh, crying over the phone, talking, you know, 
going to down to the hospital. And so that makes me feel better because mm-hmm. I think she's crying. She's, you know, broke her leg because we didn't know where this happens. We don't know if it's a silage truck, if it's an 18-wheeler, if it's a little Toyota pickup. We have no idea when this call comes because the oldest daughter, the girl that had the birthday, is the one who made the call to my husband. Mm. So she was hysterical. You know, my husband takes the call, then he's hysterical. <clears throat> It's just like the snowball. Mm-hmm. And so I hear her crying and I'm like, you know, this is good. I can, do, we can deal with this. Something's broken. She's, a, you know, she's coherent. She's alive. Mm-hmm. And um, so then we're waiting at the hospital. We drive down to the hospital. My friend comes down. The people start showing up at the hospital. Um, the ambulance finally shows up and they open the, back of the ambulance and um they're bringing her out now she's quiet there's no sound and my my friend who was on the hospital board was a registered nurse was an icu nurse she recognizes what i don't recognize this concerns her that Mm -hmm. consciousness has changed then she's waking up she's got the c collar on all this stuff she's screaming and she's clawing at stuff and then she goes silent Mm. they're taking her into the ER. We're in this ER room. There's all this stuff going on. Uh, the, you know, ER doc comes in and she's waking up, going out, waking up. And he comes in immediately and says, how long has this been going on to the EMT the paramedic? And he's, you know, well, actually he said five minutes out of Tulare was started. And he says, we need to intubate and you need to leave. He looks at my husband and I. And the whole, everything changed. Mm. There's all these. And so we went out and, um, you know, then, and, and then I'm talking to my friend. Things are, you know, then I realized this is not good. This is, you know, bad again. Mm-hmm. So I had, um, there was a little, there's a little chapel. Our hospital at that time was very small, less than 200 beds, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a little chapel and I, I knew that. I mean, we, everybody used that hospital. I had plenty of people die there, you know, family, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I went to the hospital. I went into the chapel <clears throat> um, and I, I prostrated myself on the floor and put, and I, I prayed and I said, you know, God, please don't take my little girl. But if you do, mm. give me the strength that I know I don't have. Wow. And this peace just washed over me as I'm lying there. Mm-hmm. And um, the peace that passes understanding. Um, because, you know, I mean, you're talking, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes have passed. Everything is I, just swirled and peaked and ebbed and flowed and freaked out and all of that. And I was just flipping out. And um, my mom had come in and the mother of the victorious, of her best friend, my best friend had come and they had laid on, on my arms and were crying and praying because they, they saw what I was doing. And um, then we walked and I was fine. I said, I'm fine. God's here. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm all right. Now I had to ask for that piece again, five minutes later. And yeah. I asked and I asked and I asked and it always came. Mm-hmm. So I thought I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. It always came. It never failed. This, because I can't describe how emotionally spun out. I could get just sheer panic. And so anyway, um, they, you know, it, it goes from, we're going to keep her here. It's because I want her to go to the children's hospital, mm-hmm. Madeira, that's an hour North of us. And they're no, 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 we don't want to, you know, we need to keep her here. Um, we're going to get an MRI, you know, we think this is better for her. We don't want to move her. She's been in too much trauma. So what happens is what we find out through, you know, just things, things going, crazy things. Um, 
Oh, I forgot. One, of course, my friend is friends with the nurses there because she had worked at that hospital at one time for many years. Mm. Um, one of the nurses there immediately, she was the one, it was actually a nurse that was there that actually had told my friend ahead of time. That, and this is why some of the this early emotion stuff had gone on too, was that the, she, my friend had went in and said, you know, what what's going on? Because we had been sent out and she said, she's got the raccoon eye, you know, she's got the raccoon mm -hmm. eye. She's, uh, she said, I, she's got, she has to have a basal or skull fracture, which uh, is a cracking from the back here. And then all the, you know, coming up, it's, that's a, indicative of a skull fracture of that nature. So what ended up happening was that, come to find out, she had been run over by the truck that the kids were in. Now, the best friend was three years old. The best friend was my son's age, three years older than Victoria, but he and Victoria were just best friends from the time they met out. Victoria was 18 months old. Mm -hmm. uh, and he had been, now farm kids drive vehicles. Mm -hmm. We're not worried about that. They, mm -hmm. You know, they're raised that way. Mm -hmm. I had a cousin that was visiting, a town kid, city kid, and they had been out on the ranch. It had rained a lot that year. So there was a lot of rain. There was a lot of water, and it had rained a couple of nights before that. Mm -hmm. And the dirt road had been sanded, so there was a lot of sand on it. And then it's rain. Well, they were out looking for these puppies, they're trying to get him. The, the Matthew that knew how to drive the truck and was big enough to drive the truck had been driving the truck. Then they had gotten out and were trying to herd these puppies. And Victoria had was out with him. And then Matthew had gotten the back of the truck. The cousin had gotten in the driver's seat. She was ten, and. She's Matthew said I was running. He, I was running along the dirt road in front and going after these puppies. And the cousin had gotten into the truck and probably couldn't effectively see over the hood, over the dashboard, and then mm -hmm. over the hood. And Victoria mm -hmm. was running and she just kept driving. And Victoria had fallen in front, you know, she hit her fell and the truck tire actually ran over Victoria's head. It literally ran over her head and her hair, she had really long hair and the uh, her part of her hair had wrapped in the wheel well and had flipped her, had helped flip her over that truck underneath that wheel as it went over her. Oh my goodness. She had tire marks over her face. So her head, it would be like, um, it had rolled over, but it had give the, the, the sanding and the wet had helped cushion that. Mm -hmm. Her head had been fractured, her skull had been fractured all over. Um, she had, it was like if you took a boiled egg and rolled it on a, on a hard surface and mm -hmm. it just cracked, but mm -hmm. it penetrated the egg, which would have been her, at the inside of the egg, mm -hmm. her brain, mm -hmm. but it was cracked all over and mm -hmm. nothing fallen off or broken off in any piece mm -hmm. intact but it was just cracked all over mm -hmm. skull fracked from the back of her skull over to all the way to the front she had uh, her eye socket had been crushed you know broken all over it was fractured all over she had uh, her ethmoid sphenoid all of her ventricles had been uh, had fluid. Um, it was a it was bad. Um, mm -hmm. My kneecap and my collarbone. And those were those weren't even those weren't even an issue, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. You just you just deal with that. That's. And the night before, my youngest had a burn on her hand, and I went from that to to this, and so they took her in to do an MRI, and then when they got her into the MRI, that's when they realized or CAT scan, it was, they don't have MRI there. They had a CAT scan and it was out in the, like a outside oh, C train or whatever. It wasn't within the hospital. They had to wheel mm. her out physically outside and put her in like a, you know, oh, what do you call them where they're 
like a, a gurney no 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 where you have like if you have a school uh room that you put like a mobile like a mobile, mobile yeah. word I'm, um i apologize and so they took her out there my the uh, massey's mother had called the priest and the priest to come and give uh, extreme unction while she was in which in layman's term you know they call it uh, uh last rites. last rites yeah. because it was just bad and um, he had come and he, you know, he was so moved and he was like, you know, yeah. it was. This is the end. He, the, this the, is the priest said, you know, like, because she was just little and you could see the tire marks on her face. And, and anyway, I look at nine year olds now and think how itty bitty, like, I don't understand how I survived a. Ford truck. I don't get it. When I meet nine-year-olds, and I was nine, it's just. And it sounds fantastic. How could you be run over by a tire and your head literally be run over by a tire? So she gets out. They and then they come out and they're, they're going to life flight her to mm -hmm. Children's Hospital, and um, you know they're preparing us. They're preparing her. Um, it's, uh, we have a liaison. Uh, a social worker come and talk, you know, is talking to us because this is, it's all bad. Mm -hmm. It's all bad. Um, they tell us you need to go home, grab a change of clothes, you know, and then they let us talk to, they let us go in because they tell us we don't know if she'll survive the flight. Mm -hmm. And so we have to run home, and, you know, and, and then it starts this terror cycle over again. Mm -hmm. And we go home. I go into her bedroom. I can smell her, and I just fall apart again. I can smell her, and I think, "Am I not? Is, am I going to see her alive mm -hmm. again?" Mm -hmm. And I pray again, and the peace comes, literally, physically. It washes over me. Mm -hmm. It's it's not an abstract. It's not esoteric. It physically holds me up. Mm. I start walking. So we drive. I'm, I'm getting like goosebumps. Just <laughs> I mean, and, golly. And it's been <laughs> long since we sat down and really told this story. I know I've lost things, and we've, you know, we always said we need to write it down, and you, you have the best of intentions, and then you, then you just have to do certain. You have to do things that get in the way. Life gets in the way in a lot of ways. But so we have to drive. It's going to be at least 45 minutes before we can get up to this hospital, you know. And the different people are driving. People, I'm, I'm, I'm able to go. I'm doing things. Things are getting done. I know what I, I got to get this up, you know. And then I fall apart, and then I pray, and then I. So somebody else is driving, and at that we had a cell, we had our cell phone, and I made six calls on that drive. And I knew I had to make six. I needed to get people praying. Mm -hmm. I needed to get people telling other people to pray. So I called six people different faiths mm. all christians mm -hmm. but different faiths mm -hmm. and um they just started praying mm. and you, you could feel it mm -hmm. just feel it mm -hmm. so we get up there we're in the parking lot by this we're up there we're just astonished because those calls that i had made people who called other people there were 50 people at the hospital waiting you know to help and um, so the, the, we get there, the helicopter comes in, and we don't know. You know, every, we're waiting with bated breath. Is she, you know, did she make it? And um, you can't go past this line to anything, you know. And uh, she's coming off, and the trauma team is, you know, bringing her in. And one of the nurses, they're wheeling her in, gives me the thumbs up. Mm. I knew exactly what she meant. She's a, she's alive. So we can't go in. She's in the ER, blah, blah, blah. More people are coming. I'm praying again. Um, people are, you know, asking different things. And so um, they finally, after they, they get another social worker, another liaison, they take my husband and I into a little room. And you know it's bad when they're taking you into this part of the hospital, this little room, and 
And then the pediatric neurosurgeon and another doctor come in. Mm. And then they, you know, they tell us that we can't see her yet. They're getting her all set up. And, uh, and so that he tells us, you know, all of her injuries and how bad it is. And mm. if she can last 48 hours, they might have something to work with. Mm. Well, she may, if she doesn't last, she'll be dead within 48 hours. If she, mm -hmm. she has swelling on the brain, she's in a coma. Um, she probably won't, she may not walk again. She may be blind. Um, her occipital lobe, you know, everything, all those, everything looks bad. Mm -hmm. And, but they're doing their best and, you know, prepare to be here for six months at, at um, a if she left. So then they let us go in. She has, she has tubes everywhere and her head has swollen to the size of a basketball. Uh. Which just... And she's silent and every, you know, tubes, the tube down her throat, her hair, you know, there's just blood. It's, and, mm. you know, they didn't let anybody in. And then so my husband and I are in there for, you know, they told us before we can go in and nobody can see her. And then after that, and I say, you know, all these people are here, you know, they can come in two at a time. And mm. I wonder, but at that time, I also knew, I realized after the fact, you know, as soon as the last person had come in, I realized they're letting them come in to say goodbye. They're mm. not letting, they're not doing this to be nice to, you know, I mean, like. Mm -hmm. This isn't, you're not out of the, out of the here, I'm not thinking in those yeah. terms, but as soon as then I realized this is like a, you know, these are, these are goodbyes. They're letting these, you know. And then again, have to ask for, uh, and so that started, that started, that's where it started. Um, one of the people that I had called, you know, it was hours and hours later, it was stormy then. Um, we were emotionally exhausted, not physically so much at that time, but there was, somebody had brought a fifth wheel trailer and had put it in the parking lot. Mm. Um, there, there's because it's a children's hospital, they have places to stay, but they also have these like RV parking spots. People mm -hmm. that are there. There was a trailer there. It had been loaded with food. There were prayer cards in there. Um, people are really, really fundamentally good. I didn't know who the person was that filled filled it up with food and water. But they heard somebody had called to somebody had called to say this nine-year-old girl needs your prayers. And they did. And so for three days for me, so Victoria was never alone when she was put in the ICU by herself. We had somebody in the room with her all the time. There, she was never alone. And she was, you know, in a coma and they kept her in the coma mm -hmm. as well. She had gone into the coma and they kept her medically induced because mm -hmm. she was, her brain was swelling. Mm -hmm. And so, and they didn't know what they were going to do. So I was in actually in the room other than when I was, had to go to the bathroom or something and praying constantly and people coming and, and, you know, kind of a just a lot of a blur and on the third night um and a, a nurse had come on it was a different nurse and i mean we know nothing we this has never happened to anybody we know or mm -hmm. anything like that about medical stuff and um this nurse had come on and i was in the room it was just me in the room with her and she was angry because uh, Victoria, she still, Victoria had her hair was matted. It was she. There was mud. There was blood. Her teeth had swollen. Um, I thought her teeth were mangled from like getting knocked out of her. They weren't. They were swollen. They were like this, uh -huh. and 
she was just swelling and, you know, just bruised and everything. Anyway, she was, this nurse comes in and she starts, she know she, she's angry because Victoria's blood pressure was high. And she said, this means she's in pain and mm. she should be medicated. Cause I was, well, those numbers have been like that, you know, she should be medicated. She's in pain. That's mm. telling me she's in pain. And mm. so she gives her some meds and mm. the pain and the blood pressure comes down. And then she starts, and, you know, this whole time we're praying, we're praying, praying, you know, please take care of, you know, my baby and mm-hmm. uh, our, you know, our precious, wonderful angel, you know. And then this, she comes in and so she gives her the meds, she calms down, and then she starts washing her. Mm. Washing her face and her moving her hair back and she's cleaning her up and she's getting a, a toothette, which is those, looks like a popsicle, but mm-hmm. it, it, the popsicle, it's a sponge and mm-hmm. she's wet. She's washing Victoria's teeth mm-hmm. and Victoria's moaning. Victoria's a very much a tactile. <laughs> I love creature of comfort. She loves to be petted and loves mm-hmm. all the, so this woman comes in and with her knowledge and her care is able to minister not only to her, but to me as her mother. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and I can, I can leave because I have not left the room in three days other than to, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I never mm-hmm. sleep. And she comes in and she's doing these things and I say, I can go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that, and I went out, I was finally, mm-hmm. there, there's a motor home out there, you know, sort of our general area where people congregate and I can go sleep now. Mm-hmm. I have a reprieve. And so, um, then we get on to sort of a routine. It's, it's my mom, my husband, uh, my husband's sister. She had worked at the post office in the town not uh, far from where we are, the hospital was. So she'd get off work, she'd come and take a shift at night, late in the morning, whatever, and we would rotate like that. Mm-hmm. And so all things are happening. And so every day I'm giving updates to certain key people on the phone what we're praying for specifically that day. Mm-hmm. up until that third day that's what you know and uh, you know for us to to help us get through this and her and then it becomes um that she's victoria's nose is drip is running there's all it's, what it was was it was cerebral spinal fluid was dripping out of her nose because everything was just Cracked. It, was it has fractured. to go, yeah. So it's coming, you know, and it can come out of these fractures. So they're saying, you know, we've got to stop this at some point. And it, it was, I don't, it was a week. It was five or six days that they had said, you know, if that doesn't stop, we're going to have to go in and take her, remove her. They're going to take her face off and go in and repair this, to stop this. They're going to have to repair this fracture. They want it to heal on, on its own. Well, I take, I go, let me go back before that. There were, before that, in the first three days, four days, it's the pressure in the brain. If that doesn't subside mm-hmm. and the swelling continues, they're going to go in and do a shunt or they're going to take out a piece of the skull mm-hmm. and leave it open so that it has played. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a specific prayer. Please tell the prayer chain, tell your people to pray for this, that this does not happen, that Mm -hmm. she does not need this. And so that doesn't happen. And then it's going to be, well, the her nose is dripping. Her nose is dripping with it's leaking cerebral spine. We can't do that. We're going to have to go in, lift her face up, repair that, put it back. It's going to be fine. Every one of these that we do, you know, it can be done. It's not what you want to hear, but, we can take care of it. So that's a specific prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's late one night and the next day they're going to do the surgery on her because this leaking hasn't stopped. 
And this is a teaching hospital. So their doctors are coming around with these student doctors, you know, residents, groups of people. And I can hear them outside the room um, talking. I can hear the uh, pediatric neurosurgeon outside and he's talking and he's talking about the blah, 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 blah. I can hear him and um, the mom doesn't know. I hear the mom doesn't, the family doesn't know. Mom's in there, she doesn't know. And I need to go in and talk to her. And so he comes in by himself and he's telling me that Victoria has developed diabetes insipidus. And he said, that means she doesn't have, she's not producing the hormone that controls her fluid levels, her water. Um, in, so the outside of the, the skull was cracked, the inside there's fluid on the ventricles, this eye socket is completely mangled all the way around and um, inside where the pituitary, so inside the brain, the, the force was such that it shears the pituitary gland and that's what causes um, the diabetes insipidus. And so he's saying she's going to have to take DDAVP which, because otherwise she, and they when she would wake up, she would not necessarily have the thirst mechanism that you or I would have where oh, I'm thirsty and you're already beyond thirsty when you, you in your brain, you think I need some water. You're mm -hmm. already dehydrated, but she would not have that. Plus she could not hold her urine. It would just come out and she would not know to replenish and be dehydrated. This would be an ongoing lifelong problem. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm fine, you know, mm -hmm. great. No, this is, you know, and he, and I'm and there's a tear rolling. You know, I'm like I'm tired um, and emotionally exhausted and all of this, and and there's this tear rolling down my hand. I'm great, you know, and the neurosurgeon he like wipes the tear off. And he says, "But don't you see?" He said, "Now we don't have to do the surgery. Uh, right up on its own." Uh, those had stopped dripping because she had developed diabetes insipidus, which allowed her skull to, to her body to sort of, heal. you know, so that it, it's starting to heal. Mm -hmm. So my prayers were answered. Yeah. Wow. Just not in the way that I thought they would be answered. Mm -hmm. I hate that. That's doable. That mm -hmm. became my mantra. That's doable. Mm. That's doable. That's that, doable. Wow. That's, that's doable. Okay. So you got to take a peel. Big deal. Right. We deal with that. Mm -hmm. So it was things wow. like that. I mean, this is a huge hospital with, I don't know, three, four, five levels. I don't remember. At that time, I think three and one and four, and you could get lost in there. I mean, mm -hmm. we're from, I can stop in the middle of the road where we're from and hang out there for a half an hour so uh, this is you know big city big city, uh, big city yeah there was one that i was really struggling and i was just starting to panic and spin out and i don't know how i ended up on the wrong floor in front of the chapel mm. of this hospital which was way bigger than bigger area for people to go talk to god where you can talk to God anywhere, but you know, just sort of that, it was just another confirmation. There was a, it wasn't the Pieta, but it was uh, Mary holding baby Jesus. There's like this sculpt, sculpture in front of that. And I, I'm, I'm lost, but I'm not lost. Mm -hmm. I'm lost mm -hmm. in the hospital. I'm emotionally lost. Mm -hmm. I'm spiritually lost. Mm -hmm. And then, of me like you're in front of me mm -hmm. is a mother and child mm -hmm. speaking to me and giving me strength again mm -hmm. over and over and over mm -hmm. miracle after miracle that sustains me mm -hmm. is like manna from heaven mm -hmm. um and so it's eight days and there's people uh, Victoria's uh, godfather 
some friends, the husband of the my friend at the original hospital that was the uh, nurse, the nurse, they come up because they're there all the time. And uh, Victoria's, uh, her uh, Glasgow coma scale was at a three. You want it to be, you know, a normal is, which is a, a indicator of how the brain is functioning, what's there, which is why it's brain function. Eight's bad, three's really bad. And she was at a three for a while. And um, you want that number to grow higher. 15 okay. is, you know. Uh, so somebody's with her all the time. We're, we're getting to where we're changing people out. We got to go. I got to go home and, and I got to take care of my son. I, I got to make arrangements for him. We never, we did not stay home from the time we got that call. We went home once to get mm -hmm. some more clothes, do some stuff, come back mm -hmm. to college tops. But the friend, the, you know, people were sending prayer books, prayer cards, rosaries, you know, Bibles. People are praying, you know, their churches are sending us things that we, you know, that mm -hmm. they're doing on Sunday. Um, you know, masses are being said, all these things. And um, the Bible is in there, you know, in the room with her, everything. She can't have anything in the room that's sent. Uh, no balloons, no flowers, no anything. That she, mm. Everything's sterile. But um, we can have the book by us, uh, the Bible with us, whatever. But mm. um, the... Joe is in the room with her and oh I take let me go back in the in the ICU and then she's in ICU and then I don't know eight days later she goes into like a step down ICU mm -hmm. and but before that about the eighth day or whatever one of the nurses comes in and they're trying to get her to respond trying to get Victoria to respond you know squeeze the hand do the and she starts finally uh, you know, making noises. They're sort of lightening up her meds because they, they want her to wake up if they can. Um, oh, let me go back before that. See, I haven't told this story in a while. So it's the it's the second day that she's there. I take that back. So it's the second day, mm. late second day. They want to extubate her. Pediatric mm -hmm. neurosurgeon comes in. They want to take it out. They want to see if she can breathe on her own. Mm -hmm. They're good. You know, see, they want to try this. They'll immediately intubate her if she doesn't do it. So that's a prayer. That's a specific prayer that we want her to be able to breathe on her own. So they extubate her, extubate her and uh, she breathes. She breathes mm -hmm. on her. These are, mm -hmm. This is a sigh. And so... It was after that, that the nurse had come in and was angry because she was dirty. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your priorities. It's not yes. a priority to clean her up when they need mm -hmm. her, a machine to breathe for her. Mm -hmm. So, so we're not in the room. Uh, Joe is a really, Joe's a Christian. Joe's a, uh, he's a believer. He's in the room with her. They're, they're lightening up her meds. They want to see how conscious is she on her own. And um, so they're constantly checking her uh, Glasgow coma scale and coming in and they, she's, you know, she can squeeze or whatever. Her, her collarbone's broken. You know, they're not that, that's a collarbone. We have all, mm -hmm. how, how many of that, you know, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. But she responds a little bit, but she will not move her legs. She doesn't move her legs. And um, she's pushing against her. Can you push against? And Victoria won't. She's not participating. And mm -hmm. I get very, you know, and I'm, I'm worried because that I want that number higher. I mm -hmm. want that Glasgow scale higher. And um, so I tell Victoria, I said, Victoria, she thinks you're, I'm in her ear like that. She thinks you're weak. She doesn't think you can do it. Now, Victoria was a very gifted ballet dancer. Mm -hmm. From the time she's three years old, she's had lessons and done, you know, molding. All this, I mean, she thinks she can't do. It. <laughs> so you're like coaching she, her up. You're yeah, 
and she, you know she's not there and 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 i said if you can if you can press against her hand with your leg do it do it now and she goes oh <laughs> and just knocks her back and um she said and the the nurse just starts saying, she's a good girl, you know, good job, wow. mom. And wow. So the number goes up because she's able to, even though she's not awake and she's not able to verbalize, she can, she's answering to commands. And that's when I knew Victoria's there. And she's, she's fighting. She's fighting. So. What, can I ask what day was that? Did you say, did you, was that around day, what, day eight? And, 21st so it 2001. was like 2001 was the accident so that was I had somewhere I have certain things written down and my mom wrote certain, on this date this happened it was probably about day six seven eight it was something like that was I take that back that, that was, was early on. on that was maybe day five okay that where she kicks her where she responds to she's angry and wants to okay leave me alone I did okay. it so to make sure I understand, so she she was hit by a truck, and about five days later, she's already responding. Yes. Yeah. Golly. Okay. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. Not hit by a truck. Her head run was run over. over. Yeah. Physically run over by a truck. And she's already. So, I mean, the fighter. You've got a yeah. nine-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then maybe it's two days later. I think it was on the eighth. It was on the eighth day. I do know this. I do know this. I do know the eighth day we're in the room. They want her to, they want her to open her eyes. Can you open your eyes? Now her, she, she was so swollen and just black and you know, her eyes were and her teeth and it was awful. It's amazing mm -hmm. what the human body can go through. Mm -hmm. So the nurse, in there and um she's a young young woman she's probably 22 23 and she's being really kind to her and wants her to open her eyes and and uh she won't open and then finally victoria says and i'm i'm down the nurse is down because she's got a record and she's down i'm down and my husband's over the top of me and victoria's on the bed and when she Can she open her eyes? The nurse is trying to prompt her, and I said, "Can you open your eyes?" And then Victoria, her voice was a different—it was a different voice than what she had. And she finally speaks. It's, "I want to see you." And mm. I said, "I was saying, I'm right here, baby. I'm right here. All you, mm. I'm right. You can hear. You can hear me. I'm right here. Look at me. Open your eyes. I'm just right here." And my husband's, you know. Open your eyes, baby. Mama's right here, and uh, we're right here. We're we're waiting for you to open your eyes, and just ever ever, she turns just ever so slightly, and one eye opens. The right eye opens, just, and we just fell out. I said, "There you, there you are," because the green over she has green eyes, and her eyes opened, and it was just that one eye, and it. And she started crying and we started crying and the nurse started crying because we had been waiting for that. And she immediately fell back to sleep. She, that, just that was exhausting mm -hmm. to her, just exhausting. And so that was another specific prayer request that we had mm -hmm. put out. And so it was, I don't know, nine, 10 days later, she's waking up, but she's in and out. She can't stay awake. Um, it's, she just can't. She talks with her eyes closed. Her, her voice is real high, real mm -hmm. high. It's a different voice. Mm -hmm. And she's like a very little girl, mm -hmm. a than she was. Mm -hmm. We don't care, mm -hmm. you know, we don't care what she's like. They had told mm -hmm. us, um, Joe's in the room with her. She starts talking. She's crying. He's the only one in the room with her. And she's talking like this. It, it's me, Victoria. Joe's, uh, it's Joe. And she knows who Joe is. Mm -hmm. But she's very tired. And can you get, is the Bible in here? Now, she has not been away. I said, get the Bible. Get the Bible. She didn't say, is there a I said, get, get the Bible. Get the Bible. 
And he said, okay, you know, because she's talking. He, this is shocking to him. And he's, get the Bible, get, get the Bible. And he, I got it. And she says, open it. And he opens it. And she puts her hand in. Now close it. And then she starts sobbing. And he says, why are you crying, Victoria? And she says, because it's telling me to. They're telling me to. And he was, now this is, he's a believer. He's raised Catholic, cradle mm -hmm. grave. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's not a non-believer. Mm -hmm. But this was so, he was moved and shocked by it, by how specific and clear she was about it. Well, thanks for listening to part one of Victoria and Stephanie's story. Um, and it's an amazing story. And there's a second part coming soon. So uh, thanks for tuning in today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and pass on the news that we're doing this podcast to help people go forward in the name of Jesus. So I hope that today's story really has helped you do that and has strengthened all of our faith. Thanks to Victoria and to Stephanie for their time. And I look forward to getting episode or part two of this episode up here pretty soon. So until then, enjoy the day in the Lord. Go forward in the name of Jesus, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening.